0: welcome on to the backstretch. And if you can't get excited about racing this weekend, then can you even call yourself a race fan? We start the day with the Grand Prix of Monaco in F1. And then the granddaddy of them all, the Indianapolis 500, the 106th running of that race in the nightcap, the one that most people who say this podcast are probably the most excited about, although I'm sure I have fans of other disciplines as well, and that is the Coca-Cola 600, the longest race in motorsports. So how exciting, how, i would call this Christmas for race fans, I mean, all day in front of the couch. Don't bother me. Don't call me. We're not doing anything else. We're watching racing, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Now, before we talk about this weekend, we have to talk about last weekend. The All-Star Race was an absolute mess. I I had a feeling it would be Texas, to me, has never been the place to have this race. As far as the All-Stars race goes, Texas ain't it. It's not an exciting enough racetrack. It's literally the definition of cookie cutter mile and a half. um And I think that's where a lot of the problems came from. I think when NASCAR saw somebody wrecking at the end of the race, they got all excited. Ooh, ooh, we're going to set up a green white checkered. It's going to be great. It's going to add excitement to this race and rescue it. They weren't paying attention to the front of the field where Ryan Blaney, for all intents and purposes, taking the checkered flag he was like i don't know a football field away from crossing the start finish line and then that just set off a series of just unreal events just bizarre events with the window net and then the restart him trying to get it up and i don't understand why nascar let him run around out there without a window net up the race should have been over anyway. You heard Denny Hamlin say it in his interview with Bob Pockers from Fox Sports. And a couple of other people were on around when that interview went on. And I agree with everything that Denny said. If you haven't seen it, uh, it's on uh, Bob Pockers' Twitter. You can go back and, and listen to it because I think he was spot on in his assessment of the end of that race. Anyway, we're going to talk about that a lot with Chris Carrier, our guest this week on the podcast is actually kurt bush we're not going to talk about any of that with kurt we're actually going to talk about some other things some kind of looking forward things that are a little bit more fun i think than then rehashing that mess with what we do with chris will be enough of that and then um i'll have some final thoughts for you at the end Welcome on to the Back stretch. We are joined, as always, by our crew chief, Chris Carrier, who also happens to be the crew chief for the number 75 food country truck in the Camping World Truck Series. And oh boy, the all star race. Let's quickly recap the final few laps. Ryan Blaney was just yards from the checkered flag when the caution came out. But since Blaney saw the checkered flag, he thought he had won and dropped the window net. But the race was not over and he couldn't get the window net back up. So, Didn't matter. NASCAR let him continue, and Denny Hamlin tried to chase him down, but he held him off for the win. So I asked my fans on Twitter what they thought of the finish of this race, and most of them said it was a mess. And the ones that didn't say it was a mess said that it should no longer be in Texas, and then some said it was a combination of everything. So, Chris, I'm going to toss this over to you. What do you say about this race?
1: Uh, Yes, it was a mess. Um, I'm going to talk again from my crew chief's, through my crew chief's eyes, in my crew chief's seat. And I put myself, I actually did, was trying to put myself in Jonathan Hassler's place at the time. Because I know him. fine young man. Great for him. I was glad for him to get a win. He deserves that. But, and I was thinking. Oh my word, what would I do? And I even really, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I thought, I think I'd bring him down pit Road and fasten a winning net, because I don't want to see a bad thing happen here. Um, you know, Heather, uh, there's so many different ways to look at this thing, but I, me personally, I, I think, well, the, I don't think the caution should have ever come out, but it did, okay? you Can't change that. Once he was out there riding around with the winning net down under caution, they gave him a chance to put it up. That's not going to happen, not from inside the car. It's not going to happen. So, I th- you know, they were kind of caught in the middle here and trying to make the decision of what to do. And in my opinion, of course, it's, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. But I think the last thing that I would have done would have been let that race restart with somebody's winning net not latched properly. Uh, I would have either, I know this would have made somebody mad, uh, I would have either, we would have got the winning net latched one way or another. We would either black flagged him and brought him down and said, sorry, it's the rule, you got to have your in net, you, sh- you should have took it loose before the race was over, uh, which that would have sucked, uh, but I would have said, listen, we're going to fix this, we're going to have somebody attach to the, the, the young man's wind net, we're going to let him go back out there, resume the lead and we're going to finish this race and let it let it go from there um i'm i'm very happy that there wasn't an accident i'm happy that everybody came home safe i'm happy that you know ryan blaney i think he deserved to win the race he was in the position his team they all deserved to win the race they got what they deserved but this was not this was kind of a a and um uh, i just grimaced when i was watching it
0: now, there does seem to be a bit of a groundswell to move the all-star race out of Texas. But I'll ask a bigger question. Do we need an all-star race at all? With the lack of available weeks on the schedule, should this just be a week off to prepare for one of the crown jewels of the sport?
1: Well, I'm going to answer that from, from a crew chief and, uh, and also a participant and knowing how tough that schedule is. We, we need an open week. We need some, some family time for these guys, some off time. And also just the teams to simply catch up. You know, they're they're still running a little ragged in trying to get enough parts and get the, the stuff done to all these cars every week to go to the racetrack with them properly prepared. And it it's I think it's it's showing up in some of the races, and I think the longer the season gets, it's gonna show up more. So to me, Heather, I, I think the all-star race thing has kind of run its course. That's my opinion. Um, I think it's very profitable for the racetracks, but I, I know it's not profitable for the race teams. Uh, well, one of them it is, but uh, I just, I think everybody, if they said, you know what, we're just gonna let this sit for a while. We're gonna give the, the teams and everybody a, a week off instead. And we're gonna, we're gonna concentrate on the points races. I, th- I think everybody would like shout to the, shout to the ceiling. <laughs> you know hoorah! so anyway that that's my opinion
0: this week is one of the crown jewels of nascar the coca-cola 600 what is the key to surviving this very long race
1: uh i i would just have to underline every type of preparation you know when of working on the cars and assembling you've got to you've got to make sure that every detail is covered you got to make sure that everything is sound and indestructible if you expect to make it last 600 miles as a crew chief you've got to look at pit strategy, tire strategy, longevity, fuel mileage you've, you've got to make sure that you're you know you've got your you've got your guns loaded uh, with with information that that's going to get you through because a lot of things can happen in 400 laps of racing around that place and as far as the driver's, AND THE PIT CREWS GO, YOU you BETTER HAVE ALREADY BEEN HYDRATING YOURSELF AND PREPARING YOURSELF FOR THIS WEEKEND, FOR THIS WEEKEND'S RACE, BECAUSE IT'S LONG. IT'S A LONG DAY. IT'S A LONG EVENT. THERE'S NOT MUCH BREAK IN THE MIDDLE OF IT. Uh, EVEN WITH THE STAGES, THERE'S STILL, IT it WILL TAKE EVERYTHING OUT OF YOU. AND uh, IT'S HARD TO CONCENTRATE, YOU KNOW, THAT LONG. IT REALLY IS and you know we th- thought about things like you know we got to make sure we take some snacks out some sandwiches and stuff like that it's a long day it is a marathon and it's a tough place and one mistake makes disaster so just just preparation on everything it's a mile and a half racetrack. it's it's tough to get through the bumps and turn three and four both ends are a little bit different so you know it's very a headache as far as chassis balance grip balance uh, arrow balance also um, I'm, I'm interested to see what will happen this week, how, how these cars will perform on, on this Charlotte mile and a half.
0: All right. Thank you so much for joining me, Kurt. Appreciate it.
2: Yes, of course. Thank you for having us on.
0: All right. So let's start with this A couple of weeks ago, big week for you and your race team. What did it feel like just to get that win second win for 2311 first win for you with them and, and everything that came with it?
2: Uh, It was an incredible win Um, to have the Jordan brand on the race car and have all the extra people at track supporting us and helping us. Uh, And then just all the hard work all season long. Um, You know, when you celebrate Victory Lane, it's it's that big moment. Uh, But yet there's been so many other big moments this year building towards that. And, you know, with our results that we had early in the year, they were great. And then we kind of dropped off a little bit. And then when Toyota and Denny said we had some upgrades coming, I'm like, okay, sure. Uh, we'll see. Uh, it's been incredible with the speed the car has had. And the pit crew has done a great job uh, over these last three or four weeks. So we'll keep rocking and rolling. We know we're a good team. We just now have to turn into a great team.
0: What is it about you? It seems like you, that's something that you're very good at. Like You take a good team and make it a great team. Or an okay team and make it a good team. What is it about your ability to read and understand how cars work? Because you've done it, you know, going back to Furniture Row even. I mean, you've taken these teams and taken them to the next level. How are you able to do that?
2: Uh, it's not just me. Uh, it's the <laughs> manufacturer. It's all the people involved. And, you know, I, I feel like each race team I've been with is uh, is a puzzle. And you have the things you need to do to build a puzzle, which is you build a frame first. And then you find pieces that all connect, and uh, you got to keep it fun, you got to keep it loose, and there's the serious days, and, and then there's the fun days, and try to try to balance it all out, and at this point in my career, though, I, I get a lot of uh, satisfaction in helping young engineers and young crew members develop, and those are the ones that I've got my arm wrapped around uh, the most.
0: I was going to say, it does have to be kind of gratifying, though, that you've now won in every manufacturer at a bunch of different teams, like Personally, there's gotta be some satisfaction in knowing that you can basically jump in any car and make it a winner.
2: Well, thank you. Uh, again, just making sure that yeah, you do the, the right proper steps to develop the team and to, you know, to, to learn the car. Like this next gen car, I feel like uh, I'm a 22 year veteran with a rookie strike because of how different this car is. And so just having that mental approach uh, to be fluid, and to roll with it right now. I think that's been a, a key element.
0: So what's the next step for you guys is just consistency. Cause I mean, 2311, both you and Bubba have tons of speed. So is that the next step for this team?
2: Yeah, that's where Billy Scott is an incredible leader. He's our crew chief and he's like, well now we need to race for stage wins and pile up playoff points. I'm like, hang on, let's just keep things the same <laughs> for, for the next three, four weeks, just to verify the patterns that, that we have found. And then, yes, we're going to need more playoff points uh, to be competitive in September and October.
0: Is it a relief, though, to get that win? I mean, you, you're the kind of guy that seems to be able to find a win somewhere on the schedule. And there's probably a couple more that you could find this year because Kansas hasn't won, been a place where you've found that win before. So um, but is it nice to get that win, and get that off your, you know, off, off that monkey off your back and just be able to now go and, and play for playoff position?
2: Yeah, it's a cool box to check. Um, you know, Toyota was a box that I wanted to check and win with them. You know, of course, Denny and MJ and, and this car number, uh, and then now like Michigan. I know it's not a big important race, but if I can win for Toyota at that track, uh, I'll have all manufacturers in victory lane there. So that one's a yeah. sentimental one to, for me. Watkins Glen, I've never won there. I mean, yeah, we'll be pushing hard every week, uh, but we'll. we'll there's a couple of races that stand out on, on my bucket list.
0: So speaking of bucket list, you've won the Coke 600 before, but what would it be like to win that one again? That's a big one. Yeah,
2: any crown jewel race, if you can win it again, uh, it's it's that much more special. Uh, the way you have to to win at Charlotte is to be good at nighttime. Uh, and you have to deal with the the hot daytime temperatures early in the race. So there's still some of the same patterns. Uh, it's just gonna be interesting with this car. I'm, how much tougher it's
0: been to drive. Um, so when you looked ahead to the summer, you mentioned Michigan and you mentioned, um, you mentioned Watkins Glen. Are there any other races this summer? I know the summer can sometimes be a little bit of a, 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 a drag. It kind of seems like it drags on a little bit, but are there, are there races that you're pinpointing this summer other than those two? Uh, we're racing St.
2: Louis for the first time in a few weeks. Uh, you know, Sonoma is one of my favorite racetracks right after that uh you know indianapolis road course uh, i think i got sixth there last year i want to try to improve on that again just, just having the right mindset and the right approach and having some days off during the week to get it all on, on every sunday
0: what's it like having one of the coolest owners in the garage area because come on mj that's like <laughs> it doesn't get much better than that what's it like uh, driving for him oh i thought you're gonna say denny yeah he's a cool <laughs> dude too
2: you
0: know <laughs> he's all right too but i mean He's he's not the goat like MJ. Yeah, it, MJ is
2: an incredible human being. Uh, a lot of fun to race for him. Uh, it, it's the quintessential MJ that we all know from the Last Dance or all of his championships. He is a smart individual. And he's he's very laid back and, and very focused on making the right decisions with this race team. And so it's quintessential Mike with his uh, with the tequila and cigar sometimes.
0: So for my final thought i want to talk about this weekend again at the top of the show i called it racing christmas i hope with the momentum the f1 has and with the momentum that nascar seems to have although it's fallen off the last couple of weeks a little bit and with the projected sellout crowd at indianapolis 500 that this will be a day that will really get some eyeballs on racing. I hope the racing is good across the board and that it really is the best of racing because the last thing you want to do is do what we did last weekend at Texas where everybody's watching and we make a big hot mess of everything. So hopefully everything will go well. Hopefully the racing will be amazing and maybe we'll hook a few more new fans. That's what this day is about. It's not only about us and those of us that love the sport so much. It's putting your best foot forward for your biggest events. And the Indianapolis 500 is definitely up there with the Daytona 500, the top two biggest events in racing, probably bigger than Daytona. The crowds prove that there's a little bit more interest. And it's been around longer. So, I mean, don't get offended, NASCAR fans. But in my opinion, it's the biggest race of the year. NASCAR is still the biggest motorsport event of the entire season. But this is the the biggest event. And I'm looking forward to this day. I cannot wait. Like I said, it is from 9 a.m. to whenever the Coke 600 ends. Be sitting on my couch. Don't call me. Don't bother me. Don't interrupt me. We're watching racing. So I can't wait to talk about a big weekend. Hopefully, a successful weekend and a fun weekend. Maybe with some surprise winners might be cool as well. All right. That'll do it for me. We'll see you next week on the backstretch. <laughs>